Welcome back, party people. This is the second episode of a season two of A Lock Story. I think I numbered it episode 15, maybe. We'll see. Um, today we're interviewing another duo. I always think duos are kind of fun because you get multiple dynamics. And this time we're interviewing best fucking friends and honestly two baddies that I met in college who work with me on Journey Magazine. We were all up in J school creating stuff and they turned out to be really awesome, really beautiful women um, who are doing their things. I'd expect nothing less. Damn you girls do it better, obviously. Um, and yeah, we have these two friends who started their locks actually in college while I was there, unbeknownst to me, and really have just been carrying each other throughout their journey. Um, they style their locks in different ways, they do different colors, and are really just on their hot girl shit. I should have just renamed it Hot Girl Summer. <laughs> um, because I think when we talk about locks, um, there's sometimes a misconception that you're like dirty or mangy or not sexy or, you know, lazy. Um, but I think these two just show that you know, you can be a lazy natural and also put on a sick eyeliner, a sick shoe, give us face, give us body, give us creativity. And um, yeah, I'm just inspired by their energy and that's why I wanted to have them on. So all this fucking talking, um, let's get started with uh, episode 15 of season two. All right, welcome back to season two, episode two of A Lock Story. Um, I'm very excited to have two women who I believe were actually pretty formative in my lock journey, even though I may not have noticed it. Um, Monet and Ebony are two best friends that I went to college with at FAMU, and I'm so honored to have them on as season two because they are just really like some bad bitches uh, who are rocking locks. And I think the epitome of that, epitome of that expression that like, Locks can be beautiful, they can be sexy, they can be confident and be done in so many different ways. So uh, mm -hmm. to welcome Ebony and Monet to A Lock Story. Thank you guys for Thank coming. You thanks, Ooh, for thanks. Yeah, thanks for having us, Carlin. Yeah, awesome, awesome. So let's start from the beginning. I mean, the reason why I brought you guys on is because you are, you know, really close friends and I knew you were close in college. Uh, you had the same, uh, and Jay, we're all in J school together. We are all in journalism program. Um, so just tell me a little bit about you guys, how you met um, and how your friendship started. And then how did you guys end up, you know, starting locks together or separately? Tell us how that broke down. Um, we met in like sixth grade, actually. We met oh, wow. in middle school. Yeah, so we met <laughs> in middle school. I don't even really, I don't remember like the day we met or how we became friends. We just automatically clicked, right, Ev? Like I don't remember meeting you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that we just automatically like became friends. I know that we did kind of have like mutual friends. Yeah. Like, but it was just like, yeah, okay, friends. <laughs> right. And since right. Then, well, like, yeah, it's so much easier to make friends when you were young. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then you guys fast forward are going to college together. Yeah. Um, tell us a little about that and you how we arrived at FAMU because you guys are not from Florida. Um, yeah. So tell us how you got ended up at FAMU. I know my journey was interesting. So it was kind of random. Like I didn't like always want to go to FAMU. Mm -hmm. I just like I always heard about it, but I never was like, oh, I'm going to go to FAMU. And I think when I was a senior, it was just like I kind of applied to schools late. Mm -hmm. And like me and like people I knew were applying to FAMU. So I was like, whatever, I'm just going to apply. And then I was like, well, I'm just going to go to the first school that I get accepted into because I, I was late. And so FAMU accepted me first. And then I found out Ebony was going um, like because we didn't go to the same high school, but we would see each other around D.C. Like D.C. Okay. So small, 
like got you. He was just like, yeah, we're gonna go to Fantasy together. So yeah. <laughs> right, right. And then what was it for you that brought you to uh, FAMU Ebony? That was kind of the same um, for me. Hold on. <laughs> No, you're fine. Yeah. It's noisy in New York, too. <laughs> yeah, but it was kind of the same for me, I guess. I didn't really, I mean, I really, because my mom was kind of sick, like, my senior year. Mm. But aside from her being sick, like, I really didn't see the pressure and, like, applying to a bunch of schools. Right. Like, to me, it was kind of like a joke, in a sense. Like, mm. when people would come <laughs> and do, like, on-site, I would just be like, why are, we, why are people so pressed to get, like, so many acceptance letters to all mm. these schools? Like, it it just really wasn't a priority to me. And right. I don't know, I had kind of found out that FAMU was, like, a party school. <laughs> so, I was one of them people, I kind of wanted to go against the odds, you know? Right. I really didn't want to go to any schools up north. Mm. And then it was like, okay, well, might as well go to Florida. Yeah, and then when, and then when Monet did say she was going, it was kind of like, well, guess we'll be in Tallahassee together. Right, you know? right. You might as well get through this together because Tallahassee is quite a place to be. Um, so yeah. tell me a little bit about um, how I think it was Ebony who started her locks first. Tell me what brought yeah. you to that moment. You said you, you kind of experimented with your hair a lot. Um, yeah well I always because my mom she was actually a cosmetologist okay. so yeah. like getting my hair like hair has always just been something I would deem as like sacred you know because mm -hmm. even like growing up like she took really good care of my hair like I never got it relaxed like mm -hmm. she used to legit press it Same. with pressing combs so it's like my hair it was really healthy like all of my life and then I don't know because she used to allow me to kind of be free with it I remember I think it was like eighth grade or maybe it was like going to the ninth grade. She was like, Ebony, you can either get a relaxer or you can like dye your hair. Cause I was like, I just was at a point where it was like, girls, I'm seeing girls being able to get the slick ponytails and I just can't get a slick ponytail. And I just want to be able to like do my hair and you not like help me do it. And she was like, we well, right. either get a perm or like, you know, color it. So I feel like that was really my first like time when I felt like I could freely like express myself with like the color of my hair and I think like the back was like blonde and the front was like red and love so it was like I felt so like you know love it. independent yeah. but like fast forward to like when I went to college I felt even more independent because it was like yeah. nobody was telling you what to do with your <laughs> hair but it was like trial and error because I feel like when we first went down there, we had like leave outs, Carlin. Yeah, so it was that's like not work. Really like, you know, it was like it was like okay, a moment of kind of trying to get used to what would really work for like the weather because yeah, the climate. Me and Monet was like flattering out here in the dorm room, dying out here, dorm rooms, burning <laughs> out here, dying <laughs> out here. And then I just think I came to a point where it was like, yeah, I always wanted to like start locks. And after I had done everything I could possibly do, I think after I did a big chop, I was like, might as well. Right. And after I just, you know. And that was like 20, that was like 2016, like June of 2016. Okay. And how you started your locks with, uh, you started them yourself? Did you go to someone? Uh, no, um, I went to this lady and it's crazy because I think she's actually back in her native country. Hmm. Um, I think it was somewhere in like South America, but she started them and she started okay. with like coils. Right. And she did a, a pretty decent job. I'm sad I don't have no pictures. Me and Monet was just kind of talking about that. Like, dang, okay. I don't got no like, picture <laughs> from the beginning. But yeah, you know, like, that I was like two or three phones ago. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. No, I feel you. There's so many pictures lost in old phones. I totally feel you. So then, Monet, you started a little bit after that. Tell me about was Ebony your inspiration? Was she kind of confirming things you already knew? What brought you to us? Yeah. 
Um, she, um, like we said, we always wanted them. We've been wanting them for a while. And I think that like, I got relaxers and um, I think I got it in like eighth grade. And so mm-hmm. it was like, by the time I realized that I wanted locks in high school, it was just like, well, I got to like go natural, you know, like the natural movement was just beginning. So I was just like, okay, I'm just going to like transition and grow my hair out or whatever. And so then like, as I was like transitioning and like trying out natural styles and stuff, I think I started to fall in love like with my hair and like how big it got. Cause like I used to wear my hair straight in high school. Like I had bangs, I had relaxers, like yeah. my hair was like when we would wear the bantu knots and stuff like I love the pros and I love like you know how different it made you know like us look from everyone else like I yeah. love them the pro and stuff but then I think like while I was in school it was just like okay I'm kind of over doing the braid outs I'm mm-hmm. over the wash day routine I'm over like I'm stressed I got a lot going on <laughs> and hair is just it's just not one of those things that I want to add to the equation right. like and so yeah Ebony had she had locked her hair and I think I did it like six months later like I literally was going to get make an appointment to get some braids like the Beyonce lemonade braids like I was like like, dang but what am I going to do with my hair when I take it out right so I was just like lock my hair like Ebony locked her hair I love her hair you know we can help each other out I'm gonna just do it yeah no that's such a sweet story and I didn't even know that before like having that conversation with you guys initially um Mm -hmm. but that's really cool because I think sometimes you can't you can't envision something for yourself unless you Mm -hmm. see it you know like we talk about representation but sometimes representation from your own friends and like Mm -hmm. community can be so important so Mm -hmm. I love that um and then the other thing I I remember you of course like said from J school working on journey Mm -hmm. magazine both being in the graphic design kind of space and me being on the writing side but I remember Mm -hmm. you used to change your hair a lot and so Mm -hmm. when I first talked to you we mentioned like I didn't know you had locks like I didn't know (laughs) You were yeah. growing locks for so long. So can you talk to me a little about like, like I remember you having this big fro that I think mm-hmm. it was, I realized was a wig later and I was obsessed yeah. with it. Um, right. I was like, I used to wear a fro that was my actual mm-hmm. hair and then right. I locked my hair and then I was just like, I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I didn't like, cause I didn't go to a professional either. Like I had just okay. went to this girl who lived in Tallahassee, like near family. I just went yeah. to her house. Why would you do anything else? <laughs> yeah. Like I knew, I mean, I knew her because she did other people's like braids mm-hmm. but I had just randomly texted her and was like can you do locks and she was like yeah I can do it and I'm like <laughs> I about like you yeah. know her commercials or anything yeah <laughs> but she was like yeah girl just bring some black gel and I got mm-hmm. you and I was like okay whatever it was probably like $40 but I don't know I feel like she used just way too much gel in my hair yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> I should have like did more research before I actually did it because yeah. it was kind of like spur of the moment but I mean I'm glad I did it but and you know yeah. they grew out to be you know right. I really like it now but then I was like yeah because it was like she was like you can't wet your hair and stuff mm-hmm. and I'm like oh I want to wet my hair I don't like it and mm-hmm. so and I think we were about to go on spring break mm-hmm. um, and so I was like okay I'm gonna just get a wig yeah just wear this because you know it kind of looks like my old hair people mm-hmm. won't know we didn't <laughs> I used to just wear head wraps like mm-hmm. you know, stars that used to just buy from the thrift store and so I used to just wrap my hair and yeah in the house I was like that right yeah. and then at what point did you start to feel like more comfortable with it and then like was there a turning point were you for you well literally like I think it was like graduation and probably like because I got mm-hmm. it done in February and then like in, by the end of April I got it done like professionally so after that I wore my hair right after that yeah right 
Awesome. And then, (laughs) yeah. And then, um, I didn't have to do this yet, but normally I have like people describe what their hair looks like because you can't see Mm -hmm. talking. So I would love for each other to describe (laughs) each other's hair and maybe even just talk a little bit about like what your journey has been with them. So, you know, Monet, if you can describe what your journey has been with Ebony, Ebony, describe Mm -hmm. um, Monet's hair and what you've been through on that journey with them. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I think we kind of have the same hair, you know. Okay. And that's and that's the, the not the odd part about our journey, but I really think that that's what makes it like. Cause me and Monet, we do have a lot of inside jokes, and I think <laughs> that's what makes it like you know, not so unique, but it makes the journey a lot you know smoother yeah. because before, like we we both have the type of hair that's like it's it's. It's very thick, but it's not like, you know, super coarse. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't even like to say coarse sometimes. I feel Mm -hmm. like people like take coarse the wrong way. But I feel like before I had like locks, like I, my, even my brother now, like he, he, it annoys me sometimes because he see the new growth and he be like, um, like we could tell you got that good stuff. Like we could tell you got that good stuff, but it's like, outside of this like I used to have so much hair like it was just it was a lot of hair so I don't know I think that's kind of a unique aspect if like when I think about like Monet's hair I kind of see my hair in her hair mm-hmm. you know yeah. I mean she has like yeah it's really like dense like she has a lot of hair but it's soft too at the same time mm-hmm. yeah it's not, it's not super coarse and I think uh, starting around the same time, we kind of have the same length, so it works, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you guys have hair that's kind of like, what, where is it at now? Because I'm sure there's people, you're a couple, how many years in are you? Like five, three, I'm five? Like four years. Four years, okay. <laughs> yeah, most tried the front of the I feel like mine is just, just uh, under, like, my boob (laughs) and so I I I asked you that because you know a lot of the I spoke with someone who I'm interviewing on the next episode who said something really poignant I don't want to ruin it but she was just saying that she you know you pay attention to the length when you start locks you're excited because you see the potential no one really tells you about the stages you go through and that's why I have this space to talk about it but I think it's interesting you know if you guys can talk through like what it is now what it means to you to be at this stage and I think even Ebony said before that like sometimes you miss you know the in-between stages Mm -hmm. a little bit more than having the length that we often you know epitomize I think um I didn't realize how like in the beginning when I because my hair Ebony's hair was like she kind of did a big chop so her hair was short when she started Mm -hmm. but I had like a big fro so like I didn't realize that like your hair is going to kind of shrink when you Mm -hmm. first start locks and it's going to grow you know like you know how my hair used to grow out versus down anyway Mm -hmm. Same. So, like, I feel like, yeah, it definitely shrinks because it has to, like, lock up. Like, it has to hold on to something. So, your hair isn't just going to be, like, the length that you start with, like, it's not going to automatically be locked at that yeah. length. Like, it's definitely going to shrink a little bit. And then it's going to grow out, like, after the first year or so. Like, after it really locks, I think that's when it starts sprouting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely like, I think only I'm a year and a half in and I think I have with comb coils and when you have the comb coils, you first do them, they're like long, but then they, they shrink up. And I think only now, like the true length of my hair is being reflected, but even I'm only a year and a half in, so there's so much okay. growth, yeah, you know, yeah. to be had. They start um, thickening up too. Like, right. Yeah. 
And then Ebony, I'm curious about, you know, your point of view of like having this length now is everything that you thought it would be. Um, I mean, I don't think I really, I don't think I really, um, it's, I don't think I've had, what was the word? Like when you, when you, I don't think that's really what my, the big wow for me is not yeah. like, ooh, my hair is like super long. Right. I think the wow for me is more so like, no offense, like, no. seeing sometimes my hair be longer than white women's hair, like, that be the big, like, woo, like, I be thinking, like, oh, I know who <laughs> really really that girl that's got right. some long hair, like, yeah. I think that's sometimes a more, like, epitomizing factor to me, but I, I don't know, like I said, growing up, I've always had healthy hair, so I, mm-hmm. I've always been in the kind of mindset that I know my hair is going to grow, right. like, I, I had the type of hair where I know that it's just, like, if you take care of it and you leave it alone, your hair is going to grow, you know, yeah. you don't really have to worry like- about the length. A lot of people people don't realize, a lot of people don't grow up knowing that, or, you know, I can think of people from my childhood who, who had a perm and also went swimming or on the swim team and have this much hair, you know, and so they don't grow up with that same understanding Mm -hmm. that their hair has this potential. And so that's why I think lock is so important because people can realize the potential of their hair, you know? Yeah. Yeah, And I think for for me too, Carla, it's like less about the length and more so about like, really how healthy your locks look because mm-hmm. your length could be down to your back and your locks yeah. looking like sticks Thin or tweaks or looking just like real <laughs> unhealthy so for me yeah. I don't care I'd be worried about the pods how thick your roots <laughs> look are no, your edges thinning? like those that's are the real. factors that matter to me I could care less about how long it is it's yeah. more so about like how right. how really are you upkeeping your hair during this journey and I will mm-hmm. say for me I do need to get better because I do think that for me, having a mindset of, oh, it'll just grow, I don't take the best care of it. Like, I'd be telling money, like, I don't oil it. I probably don't do nothing but put the scarf on and keep it moving. Right. But I do feel like, you know, I, I really want to take better, you know, maintenance care of my hair because I, I think that's the most important, like, how yeah. your locks are overall, not just Lame. how long they are. Right. No, that's yeah. a word. Do you have anything yeah. you want to add, Monet? I know you were chiming in. Um, I think too, yeah, I feel like it's important to take care of your hair, like regardless of, you know, the style, because locks do have potential to grow really long, because you don't really do much to it, but, mm-hmm. you know, push your roots, so keeping it moisturized and stuff, like, and just leaving it alone, that would really help your hair grow, with your satin silk scars, yeah. Yeah, you can't ignore it, you know, it's not, like, it is definitely a, a path to freedom, but it doesn't mean that you can, you know, just let it, let it be, you know, um, I think, and I love the point you made, Ebony, about, like, health, it should really, the goal should be health, not yeah. length, I think length, length comes with it, um, but yeah, it's always a dicey subject, of course, when you talk about color, um, and then now coloring your hair, and I know you guys, I noticed that you guys have both colored your hair recently, and I think Ebony may have had color longer. Um, what have you learned from color, um, and that, that experience, has it been a good one, a bad one? Um, <laughs> it's been good um, so far. I think that it really helped, like what Ebony said, she don't do anything to her hair, but just, you know, wrap it up and go I feel like me coloring it definitely made me realize that like you need to moisturize your hair more like mm. you know bleach and dye really like eat such a hair mm-hmm. like just like regular loose hair and right. it can really damage it like no matter what style your hair is so you definitely have to keep it moisturized right totally. yeah I see, like when I, my hair was bleached like when it was bleached blonde it was definitely like drier and brittler mm. like, compared to the rest of my locks right yeah, and I think for me, um, I, I had a crazy, like, 
experiment with color because I did it myself the first time around and it was a complete and utter fail. Like mm. I dyed my roots <laughs> before my ends and I even told Monet this recently, but pretty much I had to go to a like professional and they like re-dyed it. But he was just like, your roots are like fresher hair. So when you dye your hair, you should put it on the dead hair first and mm. then you know like your roots so i know i think that that made me like appreciate my roots a little more too just to know that you know not that the ends are like dead but like you know i don't know it felt a little more touching knowing that all oh, my roots like they're the first that'll like you know when the bleach hit them it'll like you know hit my roots first and turn my roots the color quicker than my ends so i don't yeah. know I like color though, and, and mine, my hair now is like it gives like an ombre, so like the mm -hmm. roots are like dark, yeah, or black, and then the middle is like dark brown, and then some of the ends are blonde. But I kind of want mine's colored again. I don't know, I like color, I feel like I'm not really fearful, but I do think mm -hmm. that, like Monet said, I need to take heat and like moisturize and not just be free willy nilly with it <laughs> yeah no I totally I totally understand with that I think that's on my I said at a year I would do it but I think mm -hmm. for me I was like with your hair it grows and you grow the color out and so that was one of my like fears yeah. you know but yeah, it also yeah it's, just, it's one of those things that it's just like like my mom colored her hair and she's been natural and she you know went to this natural person and they cut it all off so it's all dead but I'm like but did you love the color like didn't you like the color you know like there is a little bit of sacrifice you know that yeah. goes into using bleach or get, using color but like yeah. to I your point you, <laughs> you know I wish I wish it wasn't too but like to your point you know my girlfriend wants to like color the hair purple and I'm like you have to bleach that shit like there's no way around it you yeah. know but if you want purple hair like that's what you do you know so it is a little bit of sacrifice no matter what yeah and I think color is cool too because it gives you like uh, if you were if you wanted to track the growth of your hair mm -hmm. it's you're able to see because I mean Carla you and Monet could see but like at one point this whole thing you know it, it pretty much grew out yeah. from this end wow and so it'd be fascinating to like you know see that no, sometimes so and to true. see how much hair has grown from like the little bit that it started with Right, so. right. Have there been any, you know, personal lessons that were surprising to you or misconceptions that you realized? Um, maybe ones that you guys helped each other, you know, get through uh, in your lock journey. Or what have been like the biggest lessons, really? Definitely patience. And that too, um, you know, you can't compare your journey to other people's. Like that applies to every, you know, aspect of life. Because even with Ebony first when we both first started our locks mm -hmm. mine didn't look nothing like hers and it's like I didn't I didn't expect it to but I was a little disappointed because mm -hmm. I was like I don't like how my hair turned out like in the very beginning but then it was just like yeah you know it's it's your journey and your hair right. is gonna awesome, you know in the way that it's supposed to right no totally yeah. yeah and I think for me it was just like honestly truly like that I mean I, I really feel like I I really don't care what people say anyway but <laughs> My grandmother, she really does not like when my hair is not done. Like, mm. when I went over her house like this yesterday, she was just like, Ebony, please. <laughs> please. Because you twist it down or put it down or something. And I'm just like, why is it bothering you so bad? Like, it's really not bothering me. Mm. But I don't know. I think that was just interesting to see how people could have such a, like, something could really not bother you, but mm -hmm. people could have such a preconceived idea or feel however they feel that it's like, yeah. I don't know you could bother them because even the lady who I well I don't mean to, like my manager at work sometimes <laughs> she 
she just really couldn't fathom the fact that you know when you're going like that hair like you need to get that hair done but it's like why is my hair like, why like, is myself so why, i don't need you to accept you know why is my hair bothering you so much but yeah i think that's changed either for your likeness mm-hmm. right i think that just goes into like um a whole another conversation about the degrees of acceptance of locks of course you know you know in certain workspaces now they're legally making it you know um discriminatory to you know file people out based on their hair and stuff and discriminate based on hair and having locks and making locks acceptable in the workplace but it doesn't the hierarchies don't change and so when we talk about people who have more freeform locks or look like jay-z mm-hmm. as opposed to look like the napstar people you know like there's mm-hmm. totally different levels of acceptance and so um that's an interesting point you bring up about in the workspace it's like okay locks are technically accepted but now i have to go this extra mile to then mm-hmm. again appease you know this workspace it's like it's not it's never enough you know it's, it's, never enough. it's really it's really never enough um and so I challenge that and also knowing that you guys did go to HBCUs and that we were kind of taught like, well, if I, if you don't want me in this space, like I'm going to create my own space and I won't invite you, you know? And so yeah. in that kind of same vein, I'm curious to talk a little bit about your brand Monet. Um, and I know you guys have both like kind of been in this graphic design, arts, fashion space. Um, but I'm curious about what, what's been your inspiration with that? And, um, I also like to talk to a lot of women and men on the podcast about what they do personally. Um, Cause I think those lessons somehow intertwine. Um, mm-hmm. I think you learn strength and patience and all those things through growing locks. So I'm just curious mm-hmm. about, um, you know, what has your journey been uh, on that? Like as far as like working stuff? Yeah. Um, I think, well, when I graduated, when um, I knew that like I wanted to work in fashion, like that was like my dream. Like I waited a year um, and then I moved to New York in 2018. I really wanted to be like, I was really trying to figure out what I wanted to do in fashion though, because I really didn't know mm-hmm. until I like started doing it. So I started just like interning and like um, PR um, fashion closets and like um smaller brands and like some designer brands and so I realized that okay I don't want to be a stylist but maybe I can be a publicist I like um you know influencer relations and um I liked you know just organizing and gifting and stuff like that but um I also realized yeah I think that I value freedom like personally and so I like having a corporate job I, I realized it just wasn't for me and even though even like in my last internship before I left New York, um, when I was there, like I really thought I was gonna get a job there. Um, and then like, you know, COVID happened. And so like, we started like working from home and then like the team I was working for got laid off, like the whole team, and then, you know, like everything changed and I just decided to move. So I was just like, you know what? Like, I'm not gonna depend on someone else for my fashion career. I'm mm. just gonna create my own. Like I have, you know, like I have time. Like, I don't have to pay rent right now. You know, like, I have all the resources. Right. So why not start my own business? Like, yeah, yeah, it's been, it's been a journey. Like, I'm learning as I go. Like, I really, I don't have all the answers. So I really can't, like, give people advice and stuff. Oh, no, yeah. But I think just being passionate about something and being consistent, like, it's going to, um, like, you're going to manifest it into something. So that's what I've just been doing. I'm going to drop some of the soon, so. Oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I love that. I'm also... The people probably don't know, but I'm also a fashion girl at heart and I've had those dreams and, you know, have similarly been like, what does that mean in this space mm-hmm. as well? And also 
Um, it does take trial and error, you know, mm-hmm. with your locks the same. It does take trial and error to figure out like what your lane is. But the best mm-hmm. thing about being in Brooklyn and being on the East Coast and really like this connected line that you have to all this creativity is that yeah. um, you're seeing a lot of women of color like create businesses and do things independently. And mm-hmm. it gives you so much enthusiasm and power to create on your own, you know. I feel like yeah. I was talking to the other day about like, I feel like I got into this niche on Instagram of like cool black girls in Brooklyn who like yeah. design bags or like curate mm-hmm. you know curate right. the, best, the best roles that I've gotten were because of other black people like that I just randomly met or met through other people yeah like, people, you know from college like Robin like yes I mean, shout out to Robin. I mean, truly, shout out to Robin. And I think about like, you know, that five years later now meeting her at like the FAMU career fair, not knowing anyone mm-hmm. in fashion. Um, it was just a really incredible experience. Um, it says that my thing is going to end, but that is not true. Um, so it says my meeting's going to end, which is not... I don't know why that's true. Um, but it says we have 10 more minutes, which is totally fine because we've talked a lot. Um, but yes, like I said, shout out to Robin and really shout out to, um, I think everyone at FAMU, all of the girls, guys, gals, all of them who are like living in their truth and yeah. that, that university, yeah, even though- in New York too. Yes, there are, there are in DC and the DMV everywhere. And mm-hmm. so it just like shows how much that the school is like a, creative campground <laughs> like truly if you can't figure it out a famu then you can't figure it out anywhere so um i'm just really proud of both of you guys and you know the things that you've accomplished and what you're doing and how you've like shown up for um you know us girls coming up behind you so mm-hmm. i appreciate that um the last question um to wrap it up is just asking when your proudest moment has been having locks um, and then maybe if you, uh, you know, since we have a, a duo twist, what is your proudest moment for your friend? And it doesn't have to be anything complicated either. It could be very simple. Like one day I had. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it's one specific moment, but I'm really happy and proud that like, cause like my sister started locks. Oh, wow. And I'm that. glad that like I inspire people like just as much as people inspire me mm-hmm. to start locks. Cause yeah, I literally like one summer I saw people with locks and I was just like, yeah, I want locks and mm-hmm. I did it. And I'm glad that I inspire, you know, people see themselves in me and right. they feel like, okay, I can do that, you know, and I love right. that. Totally. And then what's your <laughs> proudest moment for Ebony? If there is a proud moment you've seen on her journey. Um, I'm proud that like she actually does stuff and that like she you know she experiments with her hair and mm-hmm. that she's herself like no matter what like no matter what her grandma or her <laughs> whoever says like yeah her she's gonna wear her hair proud the way it naturally is mm-hmm. and I love that because she inspires me love that Thanks, Monet. I think I was proud of Monet. It was this was early on though, but just when she stopped wearing a wig, even though I knew mm. that Monet, like knowing Monet, I knew like being one of her best friends, I knew that like Monet was not gonna rock for how the hair was looking. Right. Like I already knew without a shadow of a doubt, Monet was not. She was not. <laughs> you knew your friend. Yeah. Yeah. But because and then it was just it would just be so crazy because like she said like. We would be out and when they would have like on the hair wrap or like, you know, like this the scarf. But when we go in the house, like, you know, I would see like the real Monet. So it was yeah. just it was really just nice for her to finally. <laughs> yeah, it was just it was nice for Monet to finally, you know, like just 
boom and I knew what was mm-hmm. going to happen though and that's why I was really like I ain't got no room to be talking because I know how it, it feels to be in that like really beginning space and like right. you know just really not be comfortable or kind of just not even know what you're kind of getting yourself into but trying to really just stay committed to whatever it is that you yeah, know definitely. you're setting your mind to so I think that was a proud moment for me for Monet mm-hmm. and I think for myself I don't know I think I feel like I had mentioned it to you guys before, but just really being able to uh, get my hair all in one ponytail. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I felt like that would be yep. a feat that like, it would be hard to accomplish. And even now, like, I be telling Monet, like, I just want to get a bun with no bobby pins. And it's just like, you know, baby steps, baby right. steps, baby yeah. steps. But I think just, you know, being able to do different styles along the way has been, like, nice accomplishments. Yeah, it's really the little things. It's the little things. And I think I have a lot of friends um, who are going through the beginning stages. And of course, you're like freaking out and paying so much attention to it. And then like, you kind of get you know, further in your journey and just let it let it flow. And then you get surprised by like all of these little um, new things that you can do with your hair, the higher (laughs) pony, the double pony, the braid. Mm -hmm. I I saw the petals that, um, that Ebony had that was like swooped up. So, um, I think, yeah, I I wanted to have you guys on because you're a testament to like, just, you know, the experimentation and the breadth of, of locks, um, and doing it in a really cool, exciting way. Like there's no limitations. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just appreciate you guys coming on to the show. Um, and I thank you so much for like this inspiration you gave me that I didn't even know my 17-year-old self, old self was getting. Um, so yeah, I appreciate you all so much. And thanks for joining this podcast episode. Thanks, Carol. Yeah, and I appreciate you having the platform, Carla, yeah. for us to like, you know, speak our truth. Absolutely, absolutely. That's what we're here for. All right, I'm going to stop recording.